0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to In This Day in Page, a West Des Moines Public Library podcast. I'm your host, Maggie Martin. In today's episode, I sat down with one of our adult services assistants, Kate Thompson, to talk about her contribution to the recently published book, Library Programming for Autistic Children and Teens, second edition, edited by Amelia Anderson. In addition to her research for this book, Kate will also be presenting at the upcoming Iowa Library Association conference during a panel discussion titled Increasing Accessibility for Neurodivergent Adults. So without further ado, let's welcome Kate. All right, so we're gonna start out with some rapid fire questions to get us started. So can you tell us what is your name and what are your pronouns?
1: Kate Thompson, she, her, hers.
0: All right. And what is the last book that you read or what are you currently reading?
1: Right now I am reading uh, The Brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky with an online Facebook group. Oh, cool. Every day we read a little bit and yeah. then the professor who's from the UI um, comes and gives us a little bit of feedback and helps us understand what's going on. So Interesting. It's a fun way to read classic books. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. No, that's very cool. Um, and then, what is your favorite book format? Are you a physical book lover, ebook,
1: audiobook? Um, can I say all? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because <laughs> I'm still a sucker for the physical books, and I love good bookstore and the tactile experience. But um, right now, I'm also reading Moby Dick on my phone because oh. it's a pain to carry around. Yes, so it's a big one. <laughs> ebooks are great for that. And I um, you know, like listening to memoirs by comedians. And I feel like that has to be audiobook. Yeah, especially if they're reading it themselves. Yeah, that's awesome. Great.
0: Um, So now we're going to transition into more about what you do here at the library. So can you give us a rundown of uh, your job here and kind of what your day-to-day looks like?
1: Um, Sure. I am an adult services assistant, which is pretty much a reference librarian. So working with adults, answering questions live and um, over the phone, helping people with the computers, and in the last couple of years, that's been a lot of resume writing, applying for jobs, applying for benefits, a lot of those day-to-day things um, that it's very nice to help people when they're maybe a little bit stressed out Absolutely. and just make their life a little easier.
0: That's great. Um, and how did you come to work for the West Public Library?
1: Um, previous to this, I was at the DMAC Libraries. And that's where I found out that I do like working with adult learners. Sure, yeah. I was teaching information science. And uh, even though my background is in youth services, I find it really fun and interesting to help adults learn new things.
0: Very cool. Since you've been here at the library, do you have any favorite services or programs that we provide?
1: Um, One thing that I think not everybody knows about is our reading recommendation service. And there's a form on our website where you can give information about what you like, what you don't like, what your favorite genres are. And then we get those and I really enjoy um, digging into that with our different resources. And whether it's something that is a genre that I read that I really like and I can just recommend or whether I need to dig into stuff I'm not familiar with, that's also fun. So yeah, yeah, it's always interesting. And when someone gets something they're really excited about Totally. That's a great feeling.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Um, And then are there any projects that you're currently working on that kind of stick out as really exciting?
1: Um, One thing that we're doing is starting to have more in-person programming. And in adult services, we're going to be doing more crafting and having some craft programs. So that's a good challenge for me because um, my kids always tease me about not being a 3D thinker. (laughs) I'm more of a word person. Sure. So... Putting those together and thinking through it, how to do the supplies and how to explain it to people—sure, that's a fun challenge. Yeah,
0: but you did that amazing craft with the book hedgehog earlier. That's right. Well, so thank you. <laughs> yes, no, it was it was a hit and people loved it on social media too. So I really wanted to sit down and talk to you today about your upcoming uh, presentation at the Iowa Library Association conference and the um, book that you've contributed on, and really the research that you've gone into for both of those. So can you tell us all a little bit about the book you've contributed towards and maybe what you you covered in your section?
1: Yeah, Um, so it's called Library Programming for Autistic Children and Teens, and it's put out by the American Library Association. And uh, this is actually the second edition of this book. Okay. So when I was in graduate school um, studying autism and library programs where they intersect, Barbara Clipper's book, which was called programming for children and teens with autism spectrum disorder. Um, that was really the authoritative work on the subject. Okay. and Actually one of the only <laughs> works on the subject. So when I saw that it was being revised and that there was an opportunity, um, for contributors, I was really excited to participate in that. And this version is edited by Amelia Anderson and it updates the language. Um, For example, using autistic rather than with autism, Mm -hmm. and it really centers the voices of autistic self-advocates, which is great because it's important for me to note that I consider myself an ally. I became interested in the topic because of my children and my partner, but um, any knowledge I gain on the subject isn't the same as the first-hand experience, so that's really highlighted in the new version of the book. That's great.
0: And so you were made aware of the revision coming up. And so what was kind of the writing process like when you knew that you wanted to contribute to this? How, how did you kind of go about that?
1: Mm-hmm. It was pretty open. Um, Amelia wanted everything from descriptions of library spaces to sort of templates for programs that librarians could use and um, other kinds of commentary. So I thought about what I had worked on in my experience that I could do and I weighed in on things like the creation of quiet rooms, which we have one here at our mm-hmm. library. Um, or I made some sample programs based on work that I had previously done in libraries. And I also wrote about human resources practices. Great. So,
0: and are the writers from all over the country then? Or is it kind yeah,
1: of? yep, yeah. all over the country. And there's a good mix of um, you know rural, urban, all different types of libraries. Very nice. So
0: Fantastic. Um, And then what was your uh, research process like?
1: Well, so I got started on this. Uh, It was an interest that I had in graduate school. And then after I graduated, the Association for Library Service to Children has a mentorship program. Okay. So I applied for that and I met this wonderful librarian, uh, Maria Papanastasio from Arlington Heights in Illinois. And she's really... uh, Pioneer in programming for children who are receiving different kinds of therapies. Mm. And so then with her guidance We developed some program ideas uh, And that's what some of the templates that I've contributed to the book Uh, One example is that it can be hard for parents to get childcare so that they can come to a program and sometimes you don't know whether is your programming not appealing enough or is it that people just aren't able to come for life reasons so Uh, We developed a tandem program idea where caregivers can be working on something In one day we're working on all the paperwork that goes along with special education. So they're on one side of the room doing that and in the same room the children are having a Lego program. Oh, very fun. So things like that. So we can just try to really tune into what the unique needs of the families are. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Um, And then what do you hope that readers um, gain from having access to a book like this?
1: Yeah, I think, I hope they come away with more understanding about autism, but also ideas on where to go to learn more for their own education. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, librarians are the primary audience, and I think it does give a good beginner overview of some of the current issues they need to know about, like that the term Asperger's isn't used anymore. That Uh, We discourage using the puzzle piece as a symbol Mm -hmm. and so they hopefully will feel a little more comfortable if this is something that's new to them Yeah, and I also hope they take away the idea um, Of how to tweak what they're already doing Mm -hmm. rather than thinking of it as a big uh, maybe intimidating separate initiative and that Making the programs more accessible doesn't necessarily mean big changes or spending a lot of money like when I had young children Just being reassured that we were welcome at the programs was huge. So a librarian could say, we know that people need to move around, and that's okay, and we have this quiet room you can use if you need to, and Mm -hmm. then you're welcome to come back at any time, and you won't be disruptive. Um, That kind of thing can really make people comfortable and make them lifelong patrons at the library.
0: Absolutely. No, that's great. Um, And then shifting gears a little bit, Mm You're speaking at the upcoming Iowa Library Association conference. So is it directly tied to your research from the book, or is it a little bit different? It's a little bit different,
1: yeah, but kind of in the same general field. Um, The conference is here in Des Moines this year, which is fun. Very fun. A lot of us will get to attend in October. And um, it's really great that this topic is more well-known than when Barbara Clipper wrote the first version of this book, which was early 2000s. But a lot of the conversation has been around children, and I think that's typical in the wider conversation around autism, too. So I'm really interested in serving adult autistic employees better within yeah. the library. And part of that is making changes to the interview and the onboarding process, things that can make that process more transparent mm-hmm. um, and more fair. And so I'll be talking about that and also be talking about the changes you can make to the physical environment to make it more welcoming. So really focusing on um, the needs of adult patrons and adult employees. I'm doing a panel talk, so I'm just doing a little bit of overview of my research, but then I will also have our colleague Rachel will be speaking on the panel as well um, about her experiences as an employee and... We also have a local self-advocate, Leo Bird, and uh, then a librarian from North Liberty, Amy Golly. Great, so
0: what do you hope the attendees of your session walk away
1: with? Yeah, I guess it is similar to the message of the book, which is that there are changes you can make just by being more thoughtful that aren't necessarily expensive or cumbersome, but could go a long way to making the library more welcoming. And then ultimately, I think having autistic employees Are going to be the best resource on changing the environment or creating programs so how do you get a broader range of employees and use their input Mm -hmm. is one thing that i'd like people to think about right and then it helps everyone when things like when am i going to get a call back about this interview when that's more transparent
0: absolutely yeah (laughs) can you give any like little sneak peeks into like some specific things you might Talk about or are you still developing it
1: yeah one thing is just um, working closely with the employee on what are their preferences instead of making assumptions about for example um, does a person want to meet every single employee in the building on the first day Mm -hmm. or would they rather have that be staggered out Mm -hmm. Um, do you want to give all of your training and instruction purely in verbal instruction or maybe you know asking the person what's their preferred learning style would they rather have things in a combination of written and spoken or would they rather have an opportunity to take notes great um, one thing that we do here that I think is great is rather than at least with my position rather than a first round phone interview it was a first round like a short essay answer um, which works really well for some people because they're able to spend as much time on it as they mm-hmm. want. It's a little bit less pressured than talking to someone on the phone, right? And they can really destruct, um, They can really show their skills and background through that.
0: Well, that was the end of my planned questions. That I had. Do you have anything else that you'd want to add about this topic or about yourself?
1: Um. Let's see. Um. Well, I think we all love getting feedback from patrons. So. If anybody's listening and it sparked an idea for you or you have a suggestion Mm -hmm. for a program or just things that we can do better, you're always welcome to share your ideas with us.
0: You heard it here first. Uh, Please share your ideas with us. We are always open to that. Please send us any feedback. You can call
1: us. Feel free.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kate. Uh, Yeah, this was awesome, and I'm wishing you the best of luck at your uh, presentation.
1: Thank you. I'll report back after. Yay!
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and get into the reading wrap up for this podcast. We spoke about the book The Brothers Karmazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky, Moby Dick by Herman Melville. Library Programming for Autistic Children and Teens, 2nd edition, edited by Amelia Anderson, and Programming for Children and Teens with Autism Spectrum Disorder by Barbara Clipper. There are a few items on the calendar for the next two weeks that I wanted to make sure to highlight. As a refresher, we do have weekly recurring story times that will be going through most of the year. On Mondays, we have Lap Sit Story Time, on Tuesdays, we have Toddler Story Time. On Wednesday, we have baby doll story time. And then on Wednesday, Thursday, and Fridays, we have family story times. And make sure to look on our calendar for all the timing on those. Uh, In addition to those recurring story time events, we have family night at the library, cardboard construction tonight, September 20th, from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. We have kids graphic novel club read on September 23rd from 4.15 to 5 o'clock p.m. We have Book Club Social Zoom Edition on September 27th from 7 to 9 p.m. We have our first Friends Foundation author event with author Jay Bauer on September 28th from 6.30 to 8 o'clock p.m. And you can attend in person or via Zoom. The link is on our calendar if you want to register for that Zoom. We have an After School Adventures Lego Masters on September 29th from 3.45 to 4.30 p.m. And we're going to start up with Tech Help with Teens, and these teens are from Youth Justice Initiative, and that will be starting on October 2nd, uh, anytime from 10 to 11:15 a.m., and they'll have a variety of times throughout the next couple months that you can sign up for. So thank you, everyone, for tuning into this episode of In This Day and Page, and I'll see you for our next one on October 4th. Have a great day.